gentlemen, Mr. Bob Dylan. Yeah, you can. It's beautiful. Even though this place is small, you get a good uh, uh, location. It's got some good ambiance. Yeah, I think it does. Your, your embroidered uh, duck soup thing. It's the only thing I have in the... <laughs> a in single the piece of wall art. Yeah, and it's not on a wall. It's just like hung on the... It's like askew on the door. On the door, yeah. That's nice. Um, it's a little embroidered Marx Brothers thing. Uh... <clears throat> Uh, standing on the water, casting your breath <laughs> by the hands and then with the iron head I go in. Remember, it's Jokerman. We're, uh, we're hopefully going to get the actual sound clip in there. Okay. Uh, if you can email it to me because I'm doing this on Grace's computer. Uh, I'm Ian. Evan here. We've just seen Bob Dylan at the Pantages night one. Yeah. We've been dying to, we just drove 15 minutes back to Echo Park, and we've been dying to speak, and now we can speak. Well, yeah, we we drove back, we drove back the whole way, basically in silence, so that we could just the ninety four seven, the way, radio station yeah. playing. Now we can talk well, about. I it. mean, what? Uh, now I don't even know what to say. <laughs> what is there to say? I thought that was the best Bob Dylan show I've ever. seen. I also thought the same. All right, I'm glad we're on the same page. It was the best. One I've ever seen Jesus of the Christ. three of four. Three? Is that I, my third? Fourth. That was my fourth. Is that your fourth? Yeah. That was my fourth, too, yeah, because I saw him the other night. We saw him in New York, obviously. You saw him twice in New York, and then I had seen him a couple years prior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're both at four now. Wow, that's cool that we're both at four. And it's the best one that we've seen. Best one. That Yeah, I mean, just no question about it. Like, I think from the very first moment of fucking watching the river flow... Yeah, he came out with the guitar. Oh, God. And, I mean, the, every single thing that he did when he would come out in between songs and move uh, a little bit, just he would just show himself. <sighs> he would just, after a song, reveal his form for a moment. <laughs> and that was what he... It was just understood. Because that, he's playing in front of the piano the whole time, so you really can't see him. Mm -hmm. It's just his little head like poking over the top. And then yeah. in between songs, he's he like he's literally like skipping and sauntering yeah, along the it, stage. He's doing these little rumple <laughs> stiltskin like moves. He was doing these like time like his body can barely support dance, but he is somehow like dancing with while he's uh, you know shuffling his like skeleton, sort of like a rag doll or a marionette or something, just being kind of shuffled along the stage. But not like that. Like a skilled marionette, uh, uh, like a skilled puppeteer, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is using um, uh, eighty-one years of knowledge to 
weirdly saunter around. Oh god. Uh, it was so great. The hand on the hip move yeah, killed well, the every time. Yeah, the classics always killed, you know, the, the hand stance, on the hip. And the, the stance. The triangle stance, you know, the... The, <laughs> the, power, tri- the power stance. The triforce um, stance. The tr- uh, he, uh. He, uh, he didn't disappoint with the classics, but he introduced some just uh, truly novel sort of soft shoe... Uh, I can't describe it. Yeah, really, just like light on his like I I I said, dude, like honestly, like Charlie Chaplin esque, like like he he can I think he knows that he's being sort of hammy up there on stage. Yeah, well, like, yeah, he knows that he can like barely. He doesn't have to do much. To yeah. Him. Uh, how about the music? Well, what, before what, we get to the music, sartorially, mm, the suit, the ensemble, a, a black the hat suit, incredible uh, look. Like black embroidered suit, some kind of, was the shirt red. Yeah, I think it was red. It also looked like it was kind of undone. Yeah, several buttons, absolutely. Um, beautiful. And the hat. The hat. The hat is important because this tour, <laughs> at least these last shows that we've seen, the hat is small. The hat is small again. The and hat was big. Now it's small. The hat is small now. It's, and the, and it's the like the nineteen ninety one hat. It is similar to it's wiggle mode. It's, he, he's honestly back in it. But he like, is back in wiggle mode. But it's a it's a different type. It's a, a different kind. Uh, he's he's in a a different a mature kind of wiggle mode. Yeah. Not not in like a uh, you know when we say wiggle mode, there's a yeah, there's it's an ma- element. Of it's mature. Not like he was doing when he was fifty eight. <laughs> <laughs> you know now he's. Now he's matured and he's so, he's so, he becomes sober. And he's finally aging into into calm. his his latter years uh, at the at the young ripe young age of eighty one. Um, they were on fire tonight. There's no question. Yeah, it was just like I couldn't tell if it was just me and my um, having seen him in, in such a new time in my life. You know, having moved and uh, a lot of other changes having happened, but. I felt that it was like so um, lucid, and like uh, it felt so communicative. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I so I saw him the other night, you know, in Oakland, and it was a great, it was a great set, fantastic, uh, you know, uh, venue, fantastic show. Uh, you know, the debut in front of the devil was was great, but like. The sound was kind of off there. The the volume was really low. The the audience didn't seem super into it. I was like high up in the seats at least. So I didn't, like we tonight we were like bottom like dead center like maybe 10 15 rows back from the stage. Like way close up. Um, so I don't know for sure exactly what the energy was like like in that same spot in Oakland the other night, but tonight like everyone was just into like there was, you could just feel the vibe between what was going on on the stage and what was happening in the audience and yeah. I think Bob was feeding off of that and the audience was feeding off of Bob yeah, it was just it a was beautiful kind of communal of, experience a lot of people I mean we ran into like three four people who were uh, who listened to the show yes namaste to everyone wearing your street legal hats and yes. Joker t-shirts that's uh, wonderful to see namaste <laughs> they uh, yeah there was few and and uh it was just nice to receive those, uh, uh, to be greeted and to greet them. And I think that that's how Bob Dylan felt tonight as well. He could tell that there was Jokerman mindset in the, in <laughs> yeah, the air. Exactly. And uh, it, was, it was creating an atmosphere which was, uh, which was agreeable to him. I mean, I think he really does have like a, a, like a, um, 
a connection uh, to or like a knowledge of uh, specific places and I think him being in Hollywood at the yeah. Pantages just like a block away from Capitol Records where he's cut all of these late records like all the standards records were cut at Capitol uh, I think Rough and Rowdy was cut there for the most part like I think just like there's some there's some sort of spirit some like you know like ghost of, no, of no, years where, past where, where Rough and Rowdy was cut but it was cut near in the city I think it was cut in Capitol Records I don't know at least to some extent we, we can fact check anyway that. in Los Angeles it's a hometown show for him Drove in from Malibu. Did what? Did he? Uh, probably. I mean, I guess. I don't see why he wouldn't be staying at his enormous probably, Malibu mansion. Right probably now. went home. Yeah. Uh, um. The music. Yeah, I mean, I touched upon it, but like the delivery was so. so I, I think he was almost. He's leaning into this sort of spoken word aspect of it. Like, yes. It was just like in the truest sense of that, just like spoken words, like just saying the things um, and just there was it, never a moment during this show where the thing that happens which I think is the real disappointing thing that can happen with Dylan sometimes like this feeling that occasionally he's not connected to what he's saying right? and it's like the, it's just happening and then it ends but I didn't feel like he was disconnected at any point. No, he was fully dialed in. It was like he was just uh, right there with every second of it. Yeah. Just, uh, and I mean, like, you know, we're only seeing Bob at the end of things. Like, so it's tough to have, like, a reference point. But I know, like, some folks said for a while there, like, you know, mid-2000s up until, like, Tempest era sort of things, like, the shows were kind of a drag. Like, they were weird interpretations and kind of messy, and Bob clearly didn't care. Um, and then, like, you know, since then, he's kind of refreshed and stuff. But, like, tonight, like, it's just no, there's no... Like, he's just at, the, like, the absolute peak of his game right now. Like, uh, the band is on fire. Yeah, well, they're just so agile. And that's, like, the main thing that comes across is that you know whenever Dylan does something where he's stretching a line too long or he misses a beat they make they just rush in to catch him and you they are like constantly picking up any slack so that nobody ever notices like you do if you notice it just doesn't matter it's like it's this constantly like shifting like a lava lamp of a of a performance. Mm -hmm. Like they're never they always end up on their feet. Yeah, Tony you can see Tony up there like kinda of calling things out to people. Like Bob he Tony's there on the um, stage left. Like Bob doing that too, nodding or doing these little gestures but let's say. He kinda of like conducts up. the band a little yeah. bit, yeah. And like he'll do a little movement with his hand or something like that. Little jerks of the head that yeah. are very subtle. But yeah, so Tony and and I really paid. The, I was locked in on Charlie Drayton tonight on the. Yeah, kit. I was looking at him too. He has a very unique way of playing. Yeah, he's like he he almost looks like he's in a trance up there. Like he's not even looking at his drums. He's he's kind of just like looking around. He looks like Ray Charles up there. Like yeah, he's, like he's he's like he, like he's blind. He's not looking at the drums, but he's just like completely like tuned in on whatever's going on there. Well, yeah, it's like he's because he's just looking to. It's like he's literally looking up to see where Bob is gonna fall. Right. Right. So he can run over with a yeah with a trampoline, <laughs> trampoline. yeah with the rest of the firemen yeah which is kind of what the drums are like you know he, the trampoline if I could say sort of like a drum mm -hmm, sort um, 
big sorry, it's like a circle. It's a circle, it's taut kind of canvas you know, fabric thing. Yeah. It is a drum. The yeah. snare drum is a trampoline. Sure. Uh, I'm just gonna what if I just talked about this for like ten minutes? Let's keep it going. This is what people pay for. Um, Mr. Game and Watch okay. has that little move in Super Smash Brothers where he has a little trampoline and he looks up and this is what uh, tar- uh, is happening. What Charlie Dredd is doing, yeah. <clears throat> uh, incredible drummer. Just like, I, really for my money, I'm not like a you know super deep head on, on never ending stuff the way that I know a lot of people out there are, but like, I, I, as far as I've heard, as far as I've seen, like my favorite drummer that Bob has played with, he's got the, he's got the kind of like like harsh, firm, solid energy of like a Winston Watson, but there's also this just like kind of ineffable, like technical, well, it's not magical kind of spirit, and he can switch back and forth between those modes as is necessary. Yeah, it does. It's weird because it doesn't feel like he's a regular. He's not like a drummer, like a normal drummer. He's kind of like it. I mean, it's cliche sounding to say, but it's like he's painting with the drums. It's like he's just kind of like dancing with the drums. In, it's in the form of like a jazzy or a rock type beat, but it's actually like so fluid that it it's fluid and it's stiff and it's a uh, it's fluid and rigid at the same time. I mean, he clearly comes from a very different. Like you and I, obviously, are you know indie rock or came from in, indie rock. You know, scene. We're from, we are indie. Rock. We are indie rockers. Um, he clearly comes from a different kind of lineage of drum playing than anyone that we would expect to see. Yeah. Just like your average band. If or even, it doesn't even come like across that. as like just jazz guy though. Cause it, or it's like feels like a jazz guy playing whatever is necessary. He seems just so technically proficient and at the same time not like, you know how people can be too technical, you know, and not able to just yeah, like no, kind of dial in. A, and a, he he a can totally do that. Thing. Absolutely. It's, it was incredible. Or it's a, sponta- a spontaneity. Yeah. Anyway, that's Charlie Drake. Charlie, him and Tony over there on the left side of the stage, that's just, that's the swag corner, the two of them. Tony's um, switching back and forth between the stand-up bass, the electric bass, playing the stand-up bass with the bow, it's just, oh man. They all bow. look so cool. All black. The, uh... Curtain is gold now. Yeah, red. curtain was gold the whole time. I kind of like that. I wonder if he's going to keep changing the color of the curtain. Like, imagine if he comes out with, like, a blue curtain in the winter. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that thing Different that we colors. were... I got a hot tip about there being some kind of giant, um, like, scrim, like a giant background mural thing. Right. Which apparently has not materialized. That kind of feels like the other tip that we got that was like, someone was like, oh, he's going to play Murder Most Foul. <laughs> and that clearly didn't end up happening. Yeah, no. I, I mean... No. <laughs> These were reliable sources that they got them from, so, I mean, anything could happen. No. Well, maybe we'll get to it at some point. Yeah, uh, so, uh, anyways, uh, musically speaking, I think a couple things just to touch on, like the highlights are some of the new uh, interpretations or this new, the new arrangements of a couple songs. Well, what struck you? Uh, I mean, the, the two that struck me the other night and struck me again tonight, and it's interesting seeing them two times, uh, you know, in, in the span of a couple of days because I have slightly different opinions now, uh, are False Prophet and Key West. Mm. We yeah. can start with False Prophet because that was earlier, and that's probably a little easier to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I don't really remember. I mean, what was the difference in False Prophet? Well, he just it's 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 so much more of like just like a straight blues kind of right. number. It's that it's I don't I I have been trying to place the song since the other night since I saw it the first night, but it's that blues song that's like don't no 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 
Yeah, that's it. That's what the song well, is. Now. Yeah, the difference between that and the original uh, version is that it's, the original is kind of more like body. It's sort of more of like, it's kind of like more vulgar in a way or something. It's kind of like sleazy sounding. Right. You know, right. And this version is like a little bit more reserved. Yeah, totally. There's which a, is really the, cool. There's a spareness to the sound yeah. throughout the entire the whole set. Thing. I think, yeah, yeah, and false prophet in particular, and even many other that. points where it was just like, uh, he, I don't know, playing with like how little can I make? Uh, like certain parts were kind of skeletal. Yes, uh, there's another on point purpose. on that I want to talk about momentarily, but but we'll we'll get there. Uh, so false prophet rocks. What so? What do you think of this Key West? I thought it was incredible. You seem to be locked in. You, you seem I like loved you were it. loving yeah, it. Yeah, I would. I thought it was great. Okay. What is? But that song that they like are interpolating into it isn't it the? I didn't pick up dun, on this. Dun, 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 dun. Like that. I don't like even the, know what you're. The, the, that right fucking, the thing they play at like graduations <laughs> or like, uh, fucking. You know what I'm talking about. I I would love to know what you're talking about. Go on. Just vamp. All right. I, I gotta find this. I'll, I'll just kill some time. I'll, I'll scat and bebop. Um, the other night, the first night I saw Key West, I thought it was the low light of the show. I thought wow. it was the absolute, the pits. Not that it, you know, that that was, uh, you know, the low light of a Bob show in, in 2022 is still pretty hot, but I just, it didn't work for me. And tonight, I think it definitely did. Um, the sound in, in the Pantages, it was just so much better, so much fuller, so much harder guess I'm not thinking of the graduation okay, march. Yeah, but it was, you know, I had like a feeling like that. It was kind of like... Um, I believe you. I just don't know I don't what know. I mean, there was just uh, there's some... I mean, this, I'm ignorant, I guess. But there was some kind of like uh, stately sort of uh, reserved regal quality to mm-hmm. it that it was nothing like the original, which is like, you know, uh, sort of swampy and... Uh, Wistful. This one was like. I mean, the original, the recorded version is so just pretty. It's just so. But beautiful. I actually found this version to be very pretty. It is, but it's like I found it to be prettier in a way. So much of the, so much of the texture and the musicality of it has been stripped away. I think, and that spoken word element that you were talking about, like real, like it is, re- like you are focused on Bob delivering these. Yeah, lines. but I mean, I wish I could honestly have a recording of it to listen back to because. The way that it's done, or the way that it was done, is um, it—it's—it's it's not like he's just doing spoken word. It's it, there is actually like this really careful approach to it that seems to like benefit his voice and benefit his pace. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was so good. Yeah, it, it's definitely like I'm—I I was pretty anti it the other night, and now I'm definitely like warmed up Bro, to it. Um, I would still love some accordion somewhere at some point. Yeah. But, you know, it is so cool that he's still, like, fucking with this song so much and searching for whatever soul he believes it has at well, this it point. Well, it can be a lot of things. It certainly... I think... I mean, that's the song that he's fucked with the most uh, of the new material. Like, that sounds so different than what it sounded like in the fall when we saw him. Um, and even over the fall, he was... Playing around with it um, quite a bit. What did you think of uh, Rubicon? 
I thought RubeCon was really good too. Yeah. It was a similar thing. Yes, it was exactly. It was this, this similar thing of this like regal skeletal approach. There was almost no music to, to like half of Rubicon. Like it just like the this that was the sparest song of the whole night. What was cool about it is that like it really um, sort of it worked so well with the lines like I got up early to greet the goddess of the dawn. Like it sounded like the sort of quiet early morning hours. Right. And uh, that was kind of the angle that he approached it. And then the golden curtain behind him, it was kind of like uh, this very quiet uh, interior version of it. Yeah. There's also this great, a couple great moments as Rubicon goes on, where the band really kind of like, really lays it on thick, and they're just kind of like all like jamming, like heavy, hard sound. Uh, and it's a, it's a really dramatic kind of effect, I think. That was another one that the other night just, like, kind of landed as a dud for me. Like, I wished I had heard just another, you know, version of Early Roman Kings. Uh, but tonight, I think, I don't know what it was. It was just, like, the venue, the crowd, the actual music, everything, all, all of the above. But, like, man, this was, this was a night for, a night for the ages. This episode of Jokerman Podcast is presented by DistroKid. Over a million artists rely on DistroKid to distribute their music and get it into all of the places it needs to go. Your Spotify's, your Apple Music's, your YouTube's, your TikTok's, your titles, your Instagram's, and any other streaming service of note. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy. With unlimited uploads and artists keeping 100%, that's right, 100, all of them, folks, of their royalties and earnings. DistroKid comes with tons of great features, including Mixia, which allows DistroKid users to put the finishing touches on their tracks in just minutes, getting a customizable and polished end result that anyone can feel confident in before sharing it with the world. The DistroKid app is available now on iOS and Android. So go to the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. Well, um, speaking of which, there's a song that I during during it I said to you that we completely fucked up on our list. Right, the same song that we were so excited about last time we saw. Yeah, and I think that maybe it's something that just doesn't translate unless you're there. Yes, I agree. I Absolutely. think it just doesn't work unless you're in the room. Yes, and that's Mother of Muses. Mother of Muses. But which comes at the way end of this? It's like the third to last song. Yeah. Right? Uh, but it's ob- it, it's the song that made me cry watching it tonight and I think that it's because it's just uh, it's a, it really is about the thing that we've always tried to do with the show is a, to point toward which we've discovered things about as we've gone along and, and it's it's the only song I think where Dylan directly addresses, aside from possibly She Belongs to Me, as Uh one I think that might be about his muse, you know? Uh I I think that that song actually is about his muse. Sure. His, like, this sort of creative spirit. But, um... I could be wrong. But this song, it's not about... I'm not wrong, because that's what it's about. It's called Mother of Muses. And (laughs) it's him directly addressing... That and those lines about 
uh, Martin Luther King and um, Elvis, Elvis, and it, all those people who like they did what they did and they went on their way. Yeah. And then he says, "Man, I could tell their stories all day." That made me very emotional because I don't think of that. Like I think for the first few times I heard that, I was like, "This is a little bit like corny. This is like a little maudlin." Mm-hmm. Like I could, man, I could tell their stories all day. And sure. it's like, wait a minute. This time it made me realize, like, actually, this is just like a human being who's really not attached to his own identity, right? And he's just a realizing that he's acknowledging and saying in the song that those people, these other magnificent or like extraordinary people, they exist and then they stop existing, and he is one of those people appreciating those people and it's not about I could tell their story it's not about like I got so many stories like name dropping it's like saying it's just like a one soul to another going like respect like I and that's like so profound right. like just being like I I who am who admire these other important He's a he's a link in a chain. Yeah, there's that line at the end of the song. Uh, I've already outlived, outlived my, my life, life by, by far. far. Yeah, like he, you know, he's he he's been lucky to make it this far. But it's not just him. It's like right. he's just there was someone before him. There's going to be someone at someone after him. It's a song of one link in a chain to an to the next link yes, and to exactly. all the links that have come before. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, it's is really. I can't even. What what more can I say? There's that. Yeah, there's just a there's a there's a, a natural kind of sense of drama and and um, and beauty. That seeing him last lines. Yeah, I mean those. Seeing him eighty one years old up there, on his tour doing this yeah. and and saying those lines, it it really struck me that like this song is not actually about like I'm, I'm such a legend and I'm gonna talk about these legends. It's just like. You're seeing some, but like somebody whose soul is able to speak through a body, right? Just talking about these other times where that happened and it was good, right? You know? Right. It's it's a very profound song. And the last line, you know, I'm traveling light and I'm slow coming slow home. Slow coming home. It's I think it's one of his greatest songs, but I don't think that. We are, as we said on the on the last couple episodes, like I think that the magnitude of this whole record actually is kind of going to be. It's one of those things you'll only be able to see from an aerial view, uh, like which might be some time from now. Yeah, it's I mean, it's still it's too close up. You know, it's, you can't you can't see the whole thing. Yet. But when you're live, you can ca- catch glimpses of what the actual whole yes, thing looks absolutely, like. Absolutely, absolutely. Um. Uh, <laughs> no, what else do we need to say? You go your way and I go mine. 100, 200, 300, 400, 500 pounds. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he was, said 100, 200, 300, 400 pounds. Or like 200, 300 pounds. That's too much weight to have around. Oh, my God. He was just throwing One dollar, two dollar, three dollar bill. Yes, it literally sounded like Price of Love. And that was one that I, I, I don't know if I missed it the other night, but I, I think that was a new one for tonight There was a lot of lyric changes. Yes. Wait, you mean that lyric? That right? lyric in particular. There was a ton of lyric changes. Surf Somebody had all sorts of new shit in it. There, I, I think I kind of nudged you every time I heard something new. I was uh, like, that's new. 
There was a lot. Yeah. There's one about like a meat like the only thing I had is like a meat hook. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what song that yeah, was. Me um <laughs> Harp on I'll Be Your Baby Tonight. Right. Fantastic. Killed it. Guitar at the beginning. Oh, for well, guitar at the beginning, guitar at the end. Guitar at the end. Front of the Devil is apparently the new closer. It's back again. Well, he said, <laughs> he said we got a request, yeah. which is so funny. It's like, right. Yeah, Bob, Bob is taking requests. A request, yeah. so we'll do it, you know, because mm-hmm. Bob loves to take requests. Yeah. And they played Front of the Devil, and it was, you know, it was great. It's so good. I love it. And then at the end of that, he uh, is still like completely obscured. And this by the was piano. I was going to tell you, but I figured I wait until this is new. Also, he didn't do this the other night. Yeah, well, he was he sat down behind the piano and he just saw this little hat uh, poking out from the top, and he was handed a guitar, and he was sitting down and doing a solo that was, as far as I could tell, as like sort of mangled and stilted as it could be at times. It was actually like Dylan approximating a Jerry Garcia guitar solo. Yes, the tone of the guitar absolutely was meant to ape exactly the way the Jerry guitar sounded. Not just the tone, but like certain, just certain flourishes, certain little things that like, there was a lot of basically the guitar equivalent of his plunky piano playing. Yeah, yeah. Which I found tonight to be really great. His piano was fantastic tonight. I think there was absolute, like, we, you know, have lovingly kind of ragged on him for being a little plonky, but tonight he plonked, but he was also pretty nimble and pretty with it, I think. It was, it's more about the way, what notes he's plonking. It's about the notes he doesn't plonk. Right. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that's sort of... (laughs) Somebody say about jazz. Yeah. Um, uh, he uh, he was doing it in a way where it's, I mean that 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 style if you want to call it that it um, it can come across as just being terrible to somebody who's uh, uh, naive somebody or stupid someone who's a fool uh, <laughs> but to um, none of you very intelligent listeners if you're very intelligent like like uh, you are you'll know that it's a uh, it's good. It's actually. good. Well, it's it's that it adds a sort of drama. It adds a kind of like, I mean, it does. It's like it's like a childlike quality that then when it actually succeeds at being uh, mature and the choices being made like melodically, right? And all these sort of, and and sort of these like slightly avant garde touches of doing shit <laughs> like um that wasn't all there was to it tonight though i think i think he really was like more than just doing the child right but that's what i mean it, it actually was um there's a lot of pretty moments as plunky as they were right right if someone had just if you looked at that as sheet music this a lot of the stuff he was playing was like actually very uh pretty and, and melodic right or or had interesting ideas in there it's good Good piano. Good, and and good the point. guitar solo at the end of uh, Friend of the Devil was no exception. It was also, like, it, it was really touching. I mean, I had this corny moment of just being like, if there is, if that thing that people say of, like, so-and-so is looking down from heaven. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Jerry Garcia is and would be doing that in the, in this context. Uh, like, there is, that, that, this is one of those moments where that would be. Yeah. If that if that's how it works, that's what's happening. I, I mean, I and it, it's almost kind of like you know, 
I know we've, we've had a lot of conversations about Roland John, right, for the sentimentality of it. Come There's on. clearly a I, sentimental... Fuck you if you don't like Roland John. Just right. like, gonna, fuck you. We're gonna, okay, we'll let the Roland John thing sit. People, no, but this people is, were complaining I, about it in the but comments. But I need to say that why, just like to hop on that idea. Okay. It's like take it away. The sa- okay, you don't like that Dylan does Roland John. I guess you don't like that he does like a touching tribute to Jerry Garcia. With, with the, you just don't like that he says John? Like, what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> I'm sorry. The people who hate that song have, like, an issue that I can't understand. Because, like, if you know what we're talking about when we talk about Mother of Muses, what's your problem? That he just literally, that he says John, uh, John Lennon's name? Like, don't you fucking like the Beatles? Like, aren't you people who listen to this show, like, also, like, Beatles nerds? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I just don't get... I'm not even the biggest Beatles nerd. I just think it's, like, touching. I'm sorry. This is where I'm, like, getting this shit out, because we saw it a few days ago. It's like, after our list, putting it on there. It's like, I genuinely don't get it. And I keep seeing it, and it's, like, a beautiful song that you don't need to get, like, upset about. And I've said my piece. All right, there's the roll on John minute from Evan. Uh, Bob doing front of the devil is clearly a another sentimental kind of move. Yeah, and there's it's just so beautiful, like to see him doing this at the end of this. Like he's 81. Jerry's been dead for 30 years. The Dead is barely even a band anymore. Yeah, but they're never. They've never been more relevant in a way. Well, yeah, no, well, I, I, not never, but yeah, yeah they're, I mean, they're, they're really culturally speaking, yeah. They um, have a prominence right now. It's just it's really striking to see at, you know, uh, this this chain, right? This or this link in this chain rather like harkening back thematically to <laughs> Did you say this train? <laughs> you almost said this train, <laughs> which you could say a train is like a chain. Uh-huh. Um I don't know. It's just it's really it's really touching to see Bob playing this, and, and he's now done it twice. I, I'm well, he's done it in the past too. He's done it in the past too, but he's, he's bringing it back the same way that Grain of Sand kind of appeared all of a sudden as the closer. I, I'm guessing that this is the closer now for. I guess so. I guess we'll see tomorrow. Um, yeah, we will. We will. <laughs> we sure. And will. the next night. <laughs> and the next night. Oh man, it's so it was so great. He's they, playing in Santa Barbara. I wish I could go to yeah, that. Yeah, I wish I could go to Santa Barbara. Uh, He's doing Long Beach also. Yeah, and Santa Cruz. Oh like, my god, that that would have we fucked up. We went, you know, we shouldn't have done Los Angeles shows. We should have done Long Beach, Santa Barbara, Santa Cruz. I mean, that would have been great. The coastal run. Uh, well, can we? Can we? Can we go to? Can we go to Santa Barbara? Uh, I don't think I can go to Santa Barbara, but you should go to Santa Barbara. I went to Oakland. If I can so get tickets, maybe I will. I think they, they I'm, I'm sure there are tickets that are available. Okay, I might have to go to Santa Barbara, but it depends on how we feel after tomorrow night and the next night. And the next night. Um, yeah, tonight was a special night. I don't know what else to say. It was a special night. I really? Think everyone there knew that. No question, like, no, like... Like ten minutes into this this set tonight, I knew like this is the best time. This is the best performance I've ever seen. Him. Yeah, it just felt intimate. It felt like he was unguarded. It felt like he was he wasn't having like um, he, I don't know. There's really the lack of tension. It was like he was playing for himself. Yeah, and then he would just go out in between those songs where it was just like him enjoying playing the stuff and interacting and communicating with the music and then he would just literally show his body he's like, real and, and you know what for an 81 year old man for 81 year old Bob that's like a generous kind well, of well every single time he did that the crowd the went crowd wild. stood up because it was like I'm 
I mean, I didn't want to sit down. Like, I, I felt like that show, I would have liked to have been standing the yeah. whole time. I want to be standing at every show, but this is full of... We should Shout out to the woman in the front with the rose in her mouth. Who yeah, the rose just, in her teeth. She's like spinning around. Doing, like holding a doing, mystical sphere. Yeah, gypsy know? shit. <laughs> uh, and uh, there was like several other uh, guys, like uh, men. Yeah, big uh, boys. Uh, well, <laughs> senior citizens. Just like uh, clapping off... Clapping to a rhythm that no one else can hear. And, uh, we should just spend a minute. Like the crowd that Bob is pulling today in Los is, Angeles is just is beautiful. It's 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 folks from every walk of life, and it's a beautiful sight to see. Yeah, there's most, mostly the walk of life of like men who have a closet full of Hawaiian shirts <laughs> and cargo shorts. Uh, shout out to the dude wearing the like enormous bowling shirt and the cargo shorts down past his knees and the tevas. He was just swagged out. Which one? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, what three, a show! Three stars, no question. I don't have the harmonica. Uh, hold on. I think I've got one. Oh, you've got like seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hold on. Um, there we go. Here, I, I get to do it this time. Perfect. <laughs> okay, that's a light. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> what key is yours in? Uh, G. G, huh? Yeah. Um, what does it say on here? What key is? B. Uh, G. <laughs> How about that? Beautiful. Jokerman. Jokerman. Set up 
Just wanna get some sleep tonight. 